0: about the lad that nobody knew the lad that nobody knew why don't we lift our hands and love the Lord this morning we love you Jesus we need your anointing in this house today we need your anointing in this house today oh I feel a special touch of the Holy Ghost in this place today I feel a special move of your spirit God we love you Jesus I love you, Jesus. I love you, I love you, I love you. You may be seated this morning. The story of Samson is a story of a man that knew what it was like to be moved on and anointed by the power of God. But he also knew what it felt like to fail God. And to feel completely hopeless. He is as strong as an ox in so many areas. But in certain areas of his life, he was as weak as my one-year-old little girl. And the story of Samson, the Bible takes us to a time in Israel. Where Samson was the sole source of hope and deliverance for that nation. Samson's life story isn't that of most biblical heroes? Even, even though we know that Samson, his story is recorded into the book of faith in Hebrews. Chapter 11, but Samson, he was somewhat like David. He had some struggles in some certain areas, uh, mainly to do with lust and, and perverse women. Amen. And he, but he is also known, even in the word of God, most, most noticeably, amen, for his extreme strength that came through the Nazarite vow, amen, that forbade him amen, from cutting the seven braided locks of his hair. Amen. God raised Samson up to deliver Israel. Amen. God raised him up Amen, to deliver Israel because Israel was in a very backslidden condition. They were doing that which was right in their own eyes. They were following their own lust and desires. And as a result they were living under the bondage and the oppression of sin. They were not seeking God. There was no prayer. There was no loyalty to God. Amen. But there was no loyalty to the things of God. They were just existing in their bondage. But the bondage Bible tells us that God introduces deliverance for his people through a man named Samson. Amen. He was sent amen to deliver those people, a man that was full of failure. Amen. A man that experienced the greatest of victory. Amen. But also a man that experienced the lowest of failure. Amen. The Bible relays a story amen about a day that Samson went down to Timnah. Amen. I could be saying some of these things wrong. Amen. But excuse me this morning the Bible tells us that samson went down amen to Timnah. and timna was a place that samson should have never been at in the first place amen timna was known for its vineyard and we know that the nazarite vow forbade them from drinking any fruit of the vine become carnal. You embrace perversion, you will become a pervert. I'm telling you, you are what you eat this morning. Hanging with the wrong crowd got Samson in a heap of trouble. Amen. Hanging with the wrong crowd got Samson mixed up with a Philistine girl. The Israelites were supposed to stay away from the pagan nations. Amen. But Samson fell in love. I'm telling you, it's a danger to fall in love with things outside of the house of God. Amen. It's a danger to embrace things that we know that we preach and teach against. Amen. But Simpson fell in love. And I'm telling you, the love factor goes far beyond love for a man and woman. But you fall in love with things in the world. It will drive you. It will take you places that you never dreamed you would go, young people. You better get a love for this truth. You better get a love for holiness and separation. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Give God some praise this morning. The Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked. Samson's parents tried to talk him out of the mistakes that they knew he was about to make. Would have never been a problem if he wouldn't have been going the wrong place with the wrong people at the wrong time. From the point on, Samson, from that point on, Samson began violating the conditions of his Nazarite vow. The wedding party in Judges chapter 14 describes nothing other but a pagan bachelor party. The festivities led to conflict and violence and things that drove a man mad. Amen. We know the dead of the riddle led Samson to slay 30 Philistines and he had to touch their dead bodies, which uh, once again went against the Nazarite vow. It was a progression, a cycle of things that begin to just create a downhill spiral for Samson's life. Amen. Samson corralled 300 foxes. We know the story. We heard it when we was a kid. They tied their tails together, lit them on fire, set them loose in the Philistine grain fields and vineyards, destroying everything they knew they could destroy. That's followed by an incident where Samson killed 1,000 armed Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey but the Bible says after this the Philistines had supposedly had enough they didn't mess with Samson for a very long time at the end of Judges 15 we go on to read where Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines for 20 years he got his act together he said I'm going to live for God I'm going to do those things that's right for God I'm, I'm going to love him I'm going to serve him I want to do things that are pleasing to the king of kings He possibly went and lived a decent Christian life for some 20 years. For 20 years, Samson seemed to keep his nose clean. He had an effective ministry. But Judges chapter 16 opens with the words, One day, Samson went to Gaza. Samson went to the wrong place After 20 years He falls into the same sin That got him in trouble Two decades earlier He had forgotten all the troubles That it brought into his life He knows what he was thinking Somewhere I, we was talking yesterday even At the dinner table I said what drives a man To just walk away from truth And walk away from God I'm telling you I believe the first thing Goes back to our message yesterday When you lose a prayer life You lose some valuable things It will take you place Says you never thought you would go. Every person has an area of weakness. And the devil knows, the enemy knows your weakness. Samson's issue was lust. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure out what Samson was dealing with. Amen. He he got down to Gaza. He was in enemy territory. He was in places that he knew he shouldn't be. Amen. How many knows we've been here? I've been there as a young 17, 18 year old preacher's son. I've been places that I knew I shouldn't be. Amen. I was in areas that I knew I shouldn't be in. I'm telling you young people... You know the convicting. I'm going to tell you first and foremost, once you've received the Holy Ghost, you will never fit in with the world. You will never be accepted by the world. And when you can try to look like them, you can try to act like them. You don't even know how to cuss right. You don't even know how to act like them, live like because you are bought. You was one time bought with a price, set apart, sanctified. And as Samson went back to Gaza, I believe that he knew... What he was doing was wrong. But I'm telling you, when lust and love mixes together, you have a love for the things of the world and lust begins to be involved. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You know what's creeping into our church in Union City, Tennessee? Amen. It ain't it ain't drugs. It ain't alcohol. But it's 18 and 19-year-old men and women finding lustful men at work and at college. And they're walking away from truth. Amen. To settle for something that will leave them five years later. Leave them broke and a wreck and dest- That's what we're up against. We're up against the spirit of Samson. Judges 16 says he saw a prostitute. The next thing you know, he's spending the night with her. That act of disobedience set off a course of events that eventually led Samson to his defeat. Samson fell in love. With Delilah. Delilah. We know this story. We've heard it since we was a kid. She was out to destroy Samson. Boys and girls, I'm telling you, young men, young ladies, there's people at school that's out to destroy you. There is something that drives the lustful nature of teenage boys and girls when they see a pure, Holy Ghost-filled apostolic young lady. It's something weird. It's something experimental. If I can, if I can, I'm telling you, they're not interested in you no more than anything. They're interested in the, in the unusual. Young man, young lady, when you stand up and say, I'm a virgin, I'm telling you, it sends, it sends a shockwave throughout your school system. And they're saying, hey, you say you're speaking plain. We live in a plain world. They're interested in the, in the unusual. And Samson had something that was unusual. He had the spirit of God in his life. He had the anointing. Delilah asked Samson the secret of his strength. And each answer he gave moved him closer and closer to disaster. We have all seen, we have seen young people in our churches. We've seen the progression of sin in their life. And we just want to shake them and say, don't you know what you're doing? but the progression slowly ate away at Samson. Amen. It was day in and day out. He was giving her, he was giving her more hints. He was giving her closer uh, he, he he went on to say Samson tells her to weave the seven braids and in my mind that's as close as it gets to just spilling out the beans and letting her know all you got to do is cut my hair. Amen. He was getting closer and closer. I'm telling you it's a danger to straddle the line. It's a danger to walk on the edge of the line. I'm sick and tired of seeing young people live for god to their eighteen, nineteen year old and then they fall off they fall off you see preachers teachers singers worshipers all of a sudden they're gone you say what did i do wrong what could i've done amen i'm telling you it's a danger to walk around gaza pastor my brother Marx preached it last night amen we've got to get to jerusalem When Samson tells her he will lose his strength if he she weaves his seven braids of hair into fabric, he's getting close to the answer. Telling you young people it's not a secret. You play with fire, you will get burnt. You play with fire, you'll get burnt. You know the story. She discovers his secret. He has his head shaven. That hair was the final symbol of his vow, his consecration to God. I've seen it time and time again, that one... Thing, that one thing that pushes them overboard that one thing that drives them I'm telling you young people this thing in your life that you, that's on your mind right now you've got to eliminate it you've got to tackle it you've got to destroy it because that one thing could take you further than you ever wanted to go once his consecration to God was cut off he was as weak as other men Once you lose your connection to God, you lose your prayer life, you lose the anointing of the power of God, you'll become as weak as anyone. And when you get weak, you'll do things you never dreamed you would do. The reason people backside, they quit praying. Samson's strength was found in the anointing of God that was in his life. Samson's strength wasn't in his muscles. I don't even know if Samson had big bulging and muscles the more you read these stories. Samson's strength wasn't in his muscles. It wasn't, it was in the anointing and the favor of God that was in his life. You may be able to sing and preach without the anointing, but it's the anointing, as Brother, Pastor Elder said it last night. We, we misquote this, but it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. You may be able to preach. You can sing. I'm telling you, that's, that's God-given talents. Amen. I, I heard on the news yesterday where they said some singer was making more money than any other woman in the world. And I'm going to tell you, I can't even remember her name. Uh, Katy Perry, I believe it was. But I read an article just a few weeks back that stated, this wasn't even in my notes, that Katy Perry is a backslidden Pentecostal. Making more money than any, I'm telling you, it will destroy you. It will take you places you never dreamed you would go. If it were Samson's muscles, why would Delilah be asking the secrets? The answer would have been obvious. It was the anointing that God gave him. And the anointing was tied to his consecration. We know that Samson did pay for his transgression. The Bible tells us in Judges chapter 16. That Delilah deceived him. we are told in Judges 16, they gouged out his eyes. Telling you sin will rob you of spiritual eyesight. They gouged his eyes out. You can't see things the way you used to see them. Right, right. They took him down to Gaza and bound him. Sin leads to bondage. Jesus said in John chapter eight and verse thirty-one that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. They set him in the grinding portion of the prison. Instead of living, Samson was just existing. I'm here to tell you this morning, there's people in this city that's just existing. They're grinding every day. They're just existing. There's people in Pueblo. There's people in Grand Junction, and these cities represented today that they're just existing. They're grinding. The way of the transgressor is hard. Samson was ridiculed. He was humiliated. Sin never ends. Pretty. They're in the prison at Gaza. He grinds the grain of his enemies. People in this city, people in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I've seen, I've seen it just by riding through the city. There's people that has become a slave to the enemy. And they're just grinding. They're just existing. What would drive people to ride their bicycles across snow just to get something to eat? I'm seated in this city. Amen. Because they're just existing. They're just grinding. They're just... I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. People around. They're pushing the heavy wheel. They're, they're, they're grinding the wheat. It's a mindless job. He's blind, but there's nothing else they can do. Amen. They're blinded to freedom. They're blinded to peace. They're blinded to joy. So they just grind day in. They grind day out looking for answers, looking for peace, looking for for joy. The only thing Samson knew knew at this point in his life was the dirty cell that he had gotten himself into. Amen, I'm telling you, he had time to think of the good old days. He had time to think of the consuming power of God that once rested in his life. He had time to think of the foolishness of playing with sin. But the story begins to change in Judges chapter 16 and verse 23. The Bible says that the hair on his head began to grow again. I believe right now in the surrounding cities, the hair is beginning to grow on people's heads in our cities. They're spiritually blind. They can't do anything about where they're at. But the convicting power of God is settling into their spirits. I feel this in the Holy Ghost so strong this morning. The bar room is not satisfying anymore. Pastor Elder, the heroin ain't satisfying anymore. The drugs ain't working like they used to work. But the hair is beginning to grow. And there's something, something is settling in their spirit. And they say, there's, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. They are at the brink of a breaking point. Their hair is beginning to grow but they're so blinded by sin that they can't tell what to do next. They can't see what to do next. They don't know what direction to go next. In the dark- Darkest hours of Samson's life he began to get things right with him and God. The Bible tells us the Philistines organized this big party into their God Dagon and they was told they was having this party because God had given them or Dagon had given them Samson. And when the Bible tells us we read this in our text in Judges 16 and verse 25. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said call for Samson that he may make a sport. And they called for Simpson out of the prison cell, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, "Suffer me, that I may feel the pillars." Come here, real quick. He said, "Suffer me." Place my hand on that wall. Take me to the. Wall. He said, "Suffer me, that I may feel the pillars." And at that point. A lad that nobody knew. A lad that nobody knew anything about. We never read his name. We never read anything about him. But he led him to the pillars of restoration. To the pillars of restoration. I'm telling you young people this morning. Samson with a broken spirit and a contrite heart called out unto the Lord. And one final burst of the anointing hit him before he died. And he was empowered by the Spirit of God. And the temple wall began to fall. Fell upon himself, but no doubt thousands of Philistines. And against all odds, Samson completes his miracle or his mission. He begins deliverance, and we know that deliverance was even followed up, but he begins deliverance. Of Israel from the Philistines. The Bible tells us that the dead which he slew at his at his death were more than they which he slew at his life. But I'm here to let you know this morning, and I'm coming very quickly to a close, but I'm here to let you know this morning Samson's greatest victory. Samson's greatest victory, the power of Samson's restoration, would have never happened. If it hadn't been for the lad that nobody knew. In verse 26, Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. The lad could have refused, he could have rejected, but he placed the hands of Samson on the pillars of his miracle, of his restoration, of his greatest victory. Samson will go on to be written about in Hebrews. He is listed in the hall of faith. All because. A boy that nobody knew. He grabbed his hands and placed them into a place. Of restoration. Here to minister to a young man, a young lady this morning. I feel this very specific in the word of, I mean, in my spirit today. You may feel like a nobody here this morning. Maybe your mom and dad don't go to church. Maybe you're first generation Pentecost. Maybe you have a desire that Brother Mark's preached so beautifully about last night. But you feel so alone. My dad's not a preacher. My mama's a drug addict. I was born out of wedlock. I was born in a prison cell. I'm telling you, I'm speaking to young people this morning that feels like you're all alone. You feel like nobody knows. I don't know how to sing. I don't know how to dress. Nobody knows me. I have a desire to do something for God, but I don't have the opportunities that a lot of the young people in my youth group have. I don't have the opportunities. I'm telling you this morning, amen. Cheyenne, Pablos, Grand Junction is full of Samson's. Uh, There's cities that are full of broken, blinded people who need your help to lead them to the the pillars of deliverance that need your help to lead them to the pillars of restoration that need your help to lead them to the pillars of freedom that need your help to lead them to the pillars of peace and joy and happiness their hair is beginning to grow again you don't have to beg them to go to church they're just waiting on you to knock on their door they're just waiting on you to say come see me i'm telling you young people you can change the world you can change your city Brother well, Mark said it last night. You've got to inconvenience yourself. You've got to make time. You've got to go. You say I ain't got a car, knock every door on your street. You say I ain't got access, knock every door in your town. I'm telling you, God wants to raise leaders. God wants to raise world changers. My 19-year-old brother just got back from Roatan, but I'm telling you, he could come in contact with more people than Roatan has to offer if he'll step out into our community, step out into the 60,000 people that's not in our church on Sunday morning and let him know, I'm telling you, the mission field is right here. It's in Pueblo. It's in Cheyenne. It's in Grand Junction. We just got to be available. We just got to be available. We just got to be available. You don't have to beg them. The hair's growing. They're just waiting on you. You say, I've knocked so many doors, my arm's hurt. Somebody's waiting on you. Amen. Yes, there is. Come on. Yes, there is. The Saturday after Thanksgiving, Brother Elder, we are in the beginning stages of a Spanish ministry. This is all new to our area. I have a lot of Spanish people that settled into our area. God has sent us an interpreter and he is... Anointed and doing a great work for God The Saturday after Thanksgiving I was actually preaching for Brother Tim Johnson in Lebanon, Tennessee And was I remember I think I was at the mall We had come in on Saturday night I was scheduled for Saturday night and Sunday morning And I began to talk to my mom on the phone And I don't know how you do it But if you've got accessibility I think outreach needs to be done more than just once a month that's just me. I mean, you can do what you want to do, but I'm telling you what works in Union City. But my mom, the pastor's wife, is at every outreach every week. She called me. She said, Me and your brother and our interpreter went to a house. She said, We knocked the door. She said, When we, when we come to the door, this is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. This is when most of us are sitting back and we're still sleeping off the turkey or we're shopping. That's what I was doing at the time. I was out of town. But they knocked on a door in the. I, I, it gets cold in West Tennessee too. Cold Saturday afternoon. People need Jesus in the snow. Yes, they do. They knocked on the door. This young Spanish lady, middle aged Spanish lady, and man, and two or three others was in the house, this child. They don't speak English and our interpreter began to relay the information. He began to tell them what we was there for. This just happened a month and a half ago, a month ago. He began to relay what we was there for. And the lady in her Spanish language, they begin to say, I've been praying that God would send somebody to my house. I've been praying that God would send somebody here. Now, if my mom, who is... One of the most hard worker, the hardest worker I know. If she's got her hands in everything at our church. But if my mom and my brother and our interpreter and those of us on outreach that day would have said, well, it's the holidays. I want to take off. It's Thanksgiving week. I, I, I'm going to take off. I, you know, people settling in with their home, their families. I, I'm not going to go out today. But they knocked that door and that lady said, I've been praying that God would send somebody to my house. I'm gonna cut straight to the chase. There, as much church you can get in a month and a half, they are the most faithful people. God has filled her with the Holy Ghost. She is bringing people to church every time she comes. We are seeing a movement in our Spanish ministry like never before. Because somebody said, I'm available. Young people, you may never, you may never have the opportunity to go to Roatan. You may never have the opportunity to do some of these things. But there's people, where are you from, son? It was Sugar City, Colorado, is that right? Amen. Sugar City has people in that city that needs Jesus. And all you've got to do is say, when I go home, when I go home tomorrow, I'm going to Sugar City and I'm going to turn my city upside down. There has to be a New Year's revolution. We've got to turn our city upside down. We've got to break chains. We've got to break yokes. It's available, Pablo cannot contain what I mean. your church cannot contain, what gobbles to do if you will become available, become available, become available to the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. Young men, before you ever preach the gospel, win a soul. Young ladies, before you ever sing, go to the nursing homes. Go to the women's facilities at the jail. Sing the house down. Praise the Lord. Worship him. Do what's available. Do what's available. Do what's available. The little lad that nobody knew. I'm telling you young lady Amen. I've watched you the last two or three days You're you're, you're inspirational You worship when nobody else is worshiping God can use you to change your city God can use you to change your church God can use you to change your family I'm telling you there is no limits To what God wants to do in your life Oh why don't we love him right now Oh God! I'm closing as I come to the music today. The lad that nobody knew. I'm gonna tell you right now, I ain't nobody here this morning. Been preaching. I said it the other day. I'll be 30 years old in August. And Been preaching since I was 17. I was so driven, not really by souls at the early points of my ministry, but I was driven by the politics of Pentecost. I wanted to be the next great one. I wanted to be the one that that was on the marquees and on the signs. That's what I was driven by at 17 and 18 years ago. And in a prayer meeting, and Brother Elder, I believe it with everything that's in me. There is something about praying at the church. I go to the church every day. There's something special about the house of God. But in a prayer meeting, I I was down there, and I was was sitting kind of like this. I can only tell what I've seen and heard and what God's done for me. I can't tell your story. But I was praying. I said, God if I never preach a meeting, if I never do anything besides just be a servant, I want you to use me, God. Use me in my city. Use me in my community. Use me in my area. God, I just want to be a servant. And I begin to be broken in front of God. And God begin to give me a revelation of people in my city. I said, God, there's people here that need you. Before I preach to 10,000 at peak, I need to preach to the 10,000 in my city. Hey, that's all good. That's great. But there's people in my city that's died lost. I seen the sign when I pulled in this morning. 59,000 people in Cheyenne, Wyoming we don't have that many here this morning so there's people in this city that need Jesus (laughs) Samson Samson had a special anointing he was to be the deliverer for for Israel he was to set them free he was to break the bonds have been the I'm telling you young people The Samson in your city Could be the key to the greatest revival That's ever hit your area Well, the freeze All it takes is one person Two years ago in all, well, this, this coming August will be two years We set up a booth At the ferry If y'all don't believe in that It's just what we do we set up a booth at the fair there's several people that come through passing out free water candy just giving giving away what we had trying to present jesus to them a different approach and as we was as we was walking or as we was presenting this all of a sudden there came a Samson, a young man that i went to school with in christian school that walked away from god a young man that had an anointing a young man that Preached the gospel. He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard him, I've seen him declare the gospel. But 10, 12 years he crept upon a sinful lifestyle. He had been married a couple times, had several kids. Life had just dealt him, dealt him a bad deck of cards. Because he had walked away, ventured into Gaza, ventured into areas he knew he shouldn't have been in. He walked by that fair booth. And this time, I'm going to tell you at our church, you know, what I, you, know, you know what I love seeing? I love seeing people with tattoos. I, just, I, just, I love seeing stuff like that. But this time, he had this lady, and she was tatted. I'm telling you, if there was a piece of her body that was under that clothes, it was probably tatted too. It was tat, she's got tattoos from here and there. Tattoos everywhere. He had married this lady. Really, really nice lady. They walked up. We begin to... Present the gospel to somebody, hey Daniel, good to see you, man. We'd love for you to come back and see us. Begin to tell him, Brother Keith knows who I'm talking about. He said, I'd love for you to come back and see us. Little do we know, a lot of times we just throw in seed out there and it don't come up where we think it should come up. And I promise you, we didn't think it'd come up there. But something took root. And that lady that was a one-time drug addict. The man who had sold a lifetime of purity and holiness at the age of 18, he's now in his mid-30s, lived a reckless lifestyle. They both come together and said, you know, we do need something. I'm going to cut straight to my point. I know time is closing in on us today. You know who drove my 66-passenger bus Sunday? You guessed it. It don't stop there. Daniel, he's a CD, he got CDL license and he's ate up with passion. He loves because he don't want people to go down the same roads he went down. It don't stop. uh, You know, his wife, she got her bus too. And she fills it up. Deliverance in your city could come from one knock at a door. One church card, one track. You say, I want to change the world. You need to change your city before you ever change the world. I'm telling you, young people, don't let this go on deaf ears this morning. Amen. If you want to be used of God, go to your pastor and say, I want to start an outreach team. I want to start a bus ministry. I want to change my city. I want to change my world. I want to change my community. I wonder this morning. I wonder. I'm not going to beg anybody to come. But on this first day of 2016 on this first day I'm talking to everybody in this building today I'm going to tell you what I suggest as a, as a New Year's resolution and that is I'm going to win a soul this year I'm going to win a soul this year it's not going to be mama's soul it's not going to be daddy's soul it's going to be my soul and I'm going to win them this year not next year not 2018 not when I get my driver's license but when I get to school I'm going to choose to be a Christian I'm going to win my classmate Gonna, I, I'm not going to Gaza. Hey, Amen. If I go, it's to pull somebody out of there because I want to see my city saved. I wonder this morning if you're willing to make a new year's resolution to God. And that is, God, with everything that's in me, I'm gonna try my hardest to win a soul this year. To win a soul this year. If you if you want to make that resolution, I want you to just filter around this, everybody. I'm gonna try my hardest and I don't want you to lie to him today. Amen, but I want you to make a resolution. God, I'm gonna win a soul. I'm gonna win a soul. I'm gonna change my city. I'm gonna change my community. I'm gonna change my world. I'm gonna change my surroundings. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna settle. I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna be a vessel of honor. I'm gonna be willing and obedient to do whatever it is you would call me to do, God.